You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Xiaolu Guo is a filmmaker and writer who was born in the Zhuizhang province of southern China. After graduating from the Beijing Film Academy, she wrote books published in China. In 2002, she's been dividing her time between London and Beijing. Her award-winning film documentaries include The Concrete Revolution. Her first feature film, How Is Your Fish Today?, was screened at Sundance and won the Grand Jury Prize at the 2007 International Women's Film Festival. A Concise Chinese-English Dictionary for Lovers, shortlisted for the 2007 Orange Prize, is her third novel and her first written in English. Thank you for joining me, Xia Lu. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi. I wanted you to just describe for us the setup of this novel, because it's really quite inventive. Well, I think with, with this novel, the form, I guess, is the first thing, because it's written in dictionary form, and for me... Although I wrote other six books before in Chinese, and this is the first book, I think it's kind of you know using my brain rather than my 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 heart to write. It, it's really interesting. Each it's written in very short chapters, and what I really like about this book is that you use the process of acculturation as a plot point. In other words, our our character is a woman who's just arrived from China in the United Kingdom, and when she starts writing the book, her English is, is not very good, and as the book proceeds and as her grasp of the language increases and as her understanding of the culture around her increases, all that is what drives the plot forward. What, what made you decide to use acculturation as a plot driver? I think it was kind of a natural idea for me. It was born, you know, on the same year when I arrived in England. Um, uh, when I when I came to the West um, five years ago, and because that was my first time, I left China. So there's kind of a huge, you know, cultural. I wouldn't say cultural shock because because I think nowadays uh, because the information was so strong everywhere. So you don't. I don't really have that cultural shock, but I think there's a language shock, language uh, unfamiliarness, and and the, the the story behind the language, the words, really shaked me, and I thought it would be quite interesting just to use language as, as, as a character to write a book. So, so I decided that each day the character would learn a new language and learn new words. And as her words developed, her English level developed, her understanding about the West culture also developed. But, but her own little story, the, 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 the emotional love story, grows in a different direction. So that was my plan in the beginning. Tell us a little bit about how much of this is, is based on your own experiences. You came here five years ago. That must have been, a, a if not a shock, at least a, a surprise for you. Yeah, I mean, if you ask any writer or novelist, you know, how much they use their own experience to write, I guess 90% of the writer would say, of course, you know, you have to really write from your your own experience and your, your own heart, if it's not direct experience. Um, for me, the same, um, very much, I have to use my, you know, completely my own eyes. And, 
and it's, it is my own voice um, for this novel. But on the other hand, I think it's not enough to construct a novel um, only because of your own experience. I think it's it's very crucial. You 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 need to collect all the foreigners' experience and the foreigners' expression, foreigners' understanding about another foreign culture, and I think that I do did a lot of research, you know, say, in the pub, in the cafe, in the library, actually in the, in the real life, in the street. Um, that was very important for, for me uh, before I started to write. I, when you arrived in the UK five years ago, uh, how good was your English and written and, and spoken? And did, does it compare to what we find in the at the beginning of the novel? Yeah, I think it's more or less, it's kind of parallel, you know, the novel and my life. Um, when I came to the West um, five years ago, I couldn't really say finish two sentences in the in the in the in the in the good structure or say in the good grammar because I think you know although I learned some words in China, but I don't nobody would use that in China if you don't work in some you know say English American corporate company and I'm. I lived as an artist when I was something like 14. I started to write Chinese books. So I never really used another language in my life. Um, so it's very kind of parallel life between writing novel and my own life in the West. Um, as When I was in the middle of the book, about 200 pages um, away, and my English was really improved much. And I spent most of the time reading books and speaking English or speaking bad English to English people um, in England. Um, and I think those experiences are very direct or, say, very raw in the book, as you can find if you read the book. It, it's really fascinating the way that this book points out how much our definition of ourselves depends on language. And it's fascinating to watch what happens to your character as she learns the English language what the, the very structure of the language changes the person she is. Mm. I think, you know, essentially language is the identity. Um, a Chinese speak Mandarin or a Chinese speak Cantonese, and that's the identity. And a French speak French, and a French refuse to speak English, and that's his identity. And I think for a novelist or for a writer, that is even more crucial, which language you, you use to write. That's your first-degree identity. And the second-degree identity is what kind of language your characters speak. And that's, that's you know, the writing, I think, the writing core, or the secret of writing, as far as I, I can see. Um, so with this book, the diction novel, um, it's both. And it's both my identity and my view of the West, but also language itself as a war between the, the, the East character and the West character. And because the language difference and their identity problem grow larger than they, than they were, actually. Um, so this is a book, uh, in a way, you know, I would say it's a perfect example of how language become a war. One thing that I really thought was interesting, too, was it's not just English, it's England that plays a part in this, the, the characters of the English people, it's different from America. And as an American, when I'm watching your character, a culture to England, 
I, I can see the the very English nature, uh, the reserved nature uh, of the English people. It, it's really a fascinating exploration of culture. Mm. Uh, I'm sure it's very um, the English culture and it's its um, landscape or, or the attached lots of things is very very specific. Um, so on my side, I was um, trying to to write. Those you know non-American um, English side. Um, before I came to the West, you know, you, I cannot really identify what is England, what is American, and what's the difference between English English and American English. But when I came to Europe, when I came to England, I do. Even I didn't go to American yet. For the last four years, I stayed in England. I automatically learned. You know, it's just completely different the English culture towards American culture. Um, so that. That's my novel, actually, based you know, the landscape, the place, the wetness of the England land. Your novel is also very funny, and I really love your sense of humor. It's it's dry, and you just evoke humor out of our perceptions of the character. I I wonder if you care to talk about your process in writing this. In English, it must have been really odd. Did you do a lot of rewriting? Um. I would say, you know, it's two sides. One, <clears throat> if, if we talk about humor, uh, the first degree, uh, the humor was, was like a joke, you know. Humor was a joke ex- existing in my writing on the first degree or in the, in the first stage. Um, it wasn't humor yet between, you know, the, the two characters, the lovers, they speak to each other or they had an argument with each other. The girls say things. Although it's funny, but in her sensibility, it's just a Chinese way of expressing her her, her view. But for for English person, they will find that bizarrely funny or very strange funny. Um, and then on a certain degree, I um, I intentionally um, try to develop this this joke and try to grow that joke into something humor, you know, into something much kind of culture-linked. So, so that, that, that's me as a writer try to develop that funny side, um, but it has to be in, in, in a clever or in a more integrated way into the English culture. So recently I was always been asked, you know, the, the humor, the Chinese humor and the Western humor, and I, and I was kind of joking um, to, to, to people, um, to my readers, I say Chinese doesn't have humor, but we do have jokes, and it's completely different. And my my readers will say, no, that's not true. Chinese have great humor. I mean, the humor is in your book. And I will always say something very violent. I say humor is a cultural is a cultural phenomenon, but joke is is kind of folk and a natural kind of a language um, game. Um, but although humor, humor is much more a language game, but but I would try to say you know the sophisticated culture grow much more humor than a not sophisticated culture. But now I I realize I'm doing something very abstract. I'm I'm saying something very confusing. But but once you are in China, in the countryside, you might understand what I'm what I mean you know, between joke and humor is completely different. No, it's a it's a fascinating observation that I've never really thought of before because jokes really are a construction of language and, and humor is really a matter of perception. Hmm. I think it's so famous the English humor. Um, 
recently I'm, I'm starting to, to read some kind of um, classical English literature, um, for example, some detective novel. Um, and I think in the Who English are you reading? Sorry? What, 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 I'm sorry, I have to know. What, what English detective novels are you reading? Oh, it's, it's just old-fashioned, the former source kind of um, uh, stuff. Um, um, <clears throat> um, but I also, um, for example, you know, those, those things, you know, like Lady Killers, those things. But also I'm reading the, this Belgium uh, detective novelist, uh, Georges Simonon. Uh, Wonderful Martin. writer. Um, do you, have you heard of that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's really great. Um, but in those kind of old-fashioned, um, say, 30s and 40s detective novel, and there's a kind of great humor, there's very cold humor in those kind of old-fashioned novels. And I found it very, very um, interesting um, because I wouldn't laugh in front of those humor, you know, the, the sentence um, for humor. I wouldn't laugh. But those, the laugh is inside it's inside, inside the text, and it's in your brain, and it's very cynical, very cold, those humor. And it's, it's wonderful as well. Um, and I'm kind of trying to learn, you know, those kind of humor in a novel, in a genre novel, um, I think which is very different from contemporary humor, or, or the humor I tried in my novel. For me, it's, in, in my novel, I think those humors are direct joke, almost. Oh, or yes. the language joke. Mm-hmm. I, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the, the, the love story in this. Tell us a little bit about uh, the, the choices you made with the characters and, and how they come together. And, and, and tell us indeed how they come together because it's, it's one of the better jokes in the book. Um, you mean the, 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 the central, the, the, girl, the woman character or, yes. or two characters? The two characters. How do they come together? difficult to explain because um, you know as you as you write the character slowly you know kind of come to shape and coming of age and it and it's, it's such an organic process you cannot really define you know, how how you really discover that character but um, I think in my case I'm a kind of writer who who writes from my own experience and, uh, you know, right from the people around my life. So I think that Englishman without name in my book is myself as well. Um, and as a girl character is myself, too. So these two characters is like two parts of me. And I'm so familiar with them, both of them. So I can very well kind of um, shape, you know, each of them because um, I am live as an as artist, you know, as a filmmaker and a novelist. So, and I, I see the hippie side of me, and the anti, anti-society side of me. So when I was writing that English man in the book, I do see lots of things on, on him, in me. And that was very natural for me to, to shape that character. And then on the other side, I think, because my background, I came from a very small village, um, very innocent, kind of peasant kind of background, um, without much really linked to the modern civilization um, until when I was eight, uh, 18, came to the city. So that, that innocent kind of peasant side, I'm so familiar, you know, towards that young character, the, the Chinese woman in the book. Um, so it's funny to say, you know, it's, it's how, how I discovered these two characters. It's a process of discovery myself, 
but with the distance of my motherland, China. And I think that distance between England and China helped me to create these two characters. Fascinating. Uh, You're a filmmaker, and I wonder if you talk about the the process of writing and the process of filmmaking and how the two arts complement one another. Writing is part of making any film. I'm wondering if you find the reverse ever to be true, if you find your writing to be informed by aspects of your filmmaking. Um, They do. They do affect each other um, in in, in, in a great way. But it's very different. Um, I think film is 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 a visual art, and it, its art demands lots of collaboration and demands the social involvement. For example, the financial support and the marketing support. Um, and at that, I found very vulnerable um, when I want to make a film in front of those finan- financiers and the marketing people, and to find you know my own. Experience my own kind of expression with other, say, 50 people. Um, but on the other hand, the film is great because it's very direct. The visual you know, can be understood without language, you know, without you know, people. People have to learn to read, and then they can understand your novel. But with, with the film, I think you can manage to, to, to allow lots of people to, to understand your film without demanding their education level, you know what I mean? Um, so it's it's very direct um, and it's very kind of satisfying um, with the film. But I found um, much purer when I when I live as a writer and I do see myself as a writer first, and that's my identity. Uh, because when you're a writer, it's kind of very simple existence, very pure. Although it might be very unhealthy mentally. Um, but uh, I think the daily existence is very pure. You know, you eat and you drink coffee and you write some words and you stop and you think about the story and the character, you think about the word and you try to eat and drink again. And you keep kind of communicate with the word in a very kind of simple way, but also very profound. Um, and I like that. But, you know, I'm still young and energetic and I think that the solitude and the loneliness and the isolation do kind of affect me, you know, keep me to, to go to the film world sometimes, from time to time, because I found it very lonely and, uh, and alone in, in the writing world. And I, sometimes I think my energy kind of telling me, no, now it's the time to make a film with lots of people, with lots of noise, with lots of social problem, you know, with, with lots of discussion from others. So you see, it's, it's really a balance. And I guess, you know, that keeps me healthy, I guess. Uh, um, could you tell me what made you go to London as opposed to anywhere else in the world? Um, it's not really like that because I didn't really choose London. And, choo- and London chose me. Um, um, I was... Um, I was living in Beijing for 10 years after I left my hometown uh, when I was 18. And I lived in Beijing, and I, and I wrote books, and I, and I made films, and I'm feeling stuck. Um, so I decided I want to, um, to go out, to go outside of China. But um, um, I didn't really have a choice, because um, I need to get some scholarship, either from American or England 
or Spain or France or Italy or wherever. Um, and then I started to apply several scholarships. And for some reason, I think the English scholarship arrived early than the New York one. So I went to London instead. But I was waiting for the New York scholarship at the same time. But I think, okay, you know, you know who comes first? I'm going to go uh, with that. Um, so it's a completely random choice, I would say. And uh, I can see myself, you know, living always with this kind of random decision who made my life. Um, I could be anywhere in America, really, I think. Uh, could you tell me what you're working on now? Um, I'm, um, I'm in the middle of a new novel um, which is based in China. Um, and, uh, is it being written in English or Chinese? Um, it's going to be in English. Um, and, um, and also I'm doing two films. Sounds like okay. fun. Sorry? You're keeping busy. Yes, I think that's a, that's a quite good way to live, though. We've been speaking with Gu Jialo. Her new novel is A Concise Chinese-English Dictionary for Lovers. Thank you for speaking with me. Thanks for the interview. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.